Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick message from my sponsor, Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform that simplifies your web hosting experience. The platform allows businesses to focus on their growth and have complete peace of mind with 24-7 support and flexibility to scale. Can we just say support is hugely important when it comes to hosting? And thanks to Cloudways, they are offering an exclusive discount for the Kim Doyle Show listeners. Visit cloudways.com and use the promo code KIM20 to get 20% off for two months on the hosting plan of your choice. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to F the Hustle. I'm your host, Kim Doyle. You want a life that is meaningful and exciting. In this podcast, we're going to talk about launching and growing an online business that fits your lifestyle. F the Hustle is all about doing good work, building real relationships, and most importantly, creating a business that supports how you want to live your life. You don't have to sacrifice the quality of your life today to create something that sets your soul on fire. And yes, that includes making a lot of money. So we'll be talking about selling, charging what you're worth, and how earning more means helping more people. My goal is to help you find freedom and create a business on your terms. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. I, as usual, am Kim Doyle. I don't know where that's going. I keep thinking I'm going to come up with some other intro, but alas, you guys put up with me. Alrighty. I want to jump into today's episode um, because it's pretty juicy. And, well, I think so, anyways. Um, I have been digging really, really deep into a few things. I've got a big project I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm working on. And I have shared with you guys that I invested in a program that is just fantastic. And I've got my head down working, working, working in a really good way. No complaints. I just spent the weekend working and, um, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I don't know why I think just because I work on the weekend and I choose to and I like it and I want to doesn't mean it might not make me tired. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I woke up a little bit uh, on the wrong side of the bed today, for lack of a better word, a little bit ornery. Fortunately, I have a call on Monday mornings with my mentor, therapist, whatever you want to call her, um, and got back on track. So at the same time, knowing it's perfectly okay to be ornery and have those days, right? But I am glad I would not record, write and record a podcast episode in that mood. I'm just here to remind you that it's simply part of life, right? Those moods are going to come along and it's what we choose to do with them that matters. So I pivoted, got back to work and here we are. So today's episode is called Email Marketing is the Holy Grail of Business. Here's why and how to get started. If you are not um, aware of this, which would surprise me because I talk about it so much, my my primary focus is truly email marketing and newsletters, and I'm really on a mission to get everybody doing it. <clears throat> Meaning, if you're in this for the long haul and... You want to create a business that supports the lifestyle that you desire, then email is a way to do it. And I finally made the connection recently. Um, I actually did a little test video because I've also decided that I'm going to start up my YouTube channel again and get back into video. So, because it's part of the showing up, just show up, hashtag just show up, that I don't mind doing live streams and interviews and whatnot, but creating a, a a video strategy and and really committing to that is something I've kind of put on the back burner um, because I didn't want to, but something in me wants to now. And that's the only reason I'm going to do it. Either way, um, one thing I have connected, this is my point in sharing that video story with you, is I did a video. I'm not publishing it as of now. Uh, a couple weekends ago, <clears throat> and it was about <laughs> my therapist called me out on the term F the hustle and how might that be holding me back? And I was like, what? Meaning, and bear with me, I'm going to circle around. This will make sense. And then I promise we're going to get into email marketing as the holy grail of business, why and how to do it. Okay, I promise. Um, but this is a 
quick little story that I think bears sharing because there's a lot of value in it. Part of F the Hustle came from my own frustration. Gosh, I came up with that. I want to say 2016, 2015. But my frustration came out of that because there was so much preaching about do the work, do the work. And this is a complete generalization. So please don't, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Where it was coming at me from was a bunch of young males who had wives either taking care of their lives or were single and, you know, hungry. They were doing the hustle, right? They loved the hustle and grind element, which has become very glorified. And I think we're shifting away from that, to be honest with you, because we know it doesn't work. And even Gary Vee, I think, is like, do you? So, which I haven't listened to him in a while, but anyway, so F the Hustle for me was born out of a frustration with I can't work any harder. I was tired of hearing that message shoved down my throat as though it was the only way to succeed online. And I took a very self-righteous stance. You know, I was widowed very young and I raised my kids by myself. I started a business. Don't freaking tell me to work harder. (laughs) Okay. So that was, that was where it came from. And internally where it was, where it was born from. But as I sat with it and I resonated with it, and I am sort of in this constant state of becoming the best version of myself. I don't think I need fixing, um, but I love going deeper. I love learning. And I love, you know, those nuggets when you can hear something and it just something like a light bulb goes off in your head or it's like you connect the dots. Okay, that's where I love this constant learning piece. Anyways, back to F the Hustle holding me back. Obviously, I'm sort of living at the hustle. I'm living in Costa Rica. It's freaking beautiful here. It's crazy hot today. And their, you know, Pura Vida lifestyle is the simple life, easy life. Life is simpler and easier. There is no crazy traffic unless you can't can't cows count. Easy for me to say. Can't count cows for the love of God, you know, or having to slow down for a stray dog or iguanas or whatever. There's no crazy traffic. There's no running massive errands. And it, it's a completely different way of life. Okay, so on one hand, I'm living that. On the other hand, I think in a way, it I created this um, version of it, let's say. I created a version of it that kept me from doing the work when I needed to do the work because... I, I don't know, I, I somehow painted a picture of, but I do the work, you know, I, I, I create content, I email, I do all these things, but there are plenty of times where I don't do the work that's hard for me. As an example, circling back to the video, it's been very easy. I don't want to do video. I like doing audio. Audio is easier, you guys. It is. I don't have to get ready, although I am today. I don't have to do makeup and, and, and really think through this. This comes easy to me. Piece of cake, right? So doing the work is the stuff that is not easy (laughs) for me. You see what I'm saying? And so where I was thinking is this anti-hustle feeling preventing me from doing, you know, stepping up into the work that's tough for me. There was some truth to that for sure. But right before that conversation, a few days before, I finally connected the dots that email marketing is the way to F the hustle. When you create a foundation and an email marketing strategy that continually, it's like an email engine is what I'm calling it, that is bringing in leads and takes your new subscribers down a journey, makes an offer, you get to build a relationship, that is F the hustle to me. That's how you scale a business. So email marketing is a real key to this. But F the hustle is truly also about what do you want? You know, and I don't know why I still see people ranting about, you know, oh, the guys, the Lamborghinis and stuff. Is anybody actually doing that marketing anymore? I don't think so. Back to email, you guys. So this is I'm so passionate about this because so many people say, well, I'm not a good writer or I don't know what to write about 
or the, the big one, this won't work in my market. And I always circle back to Russell Brunson, who, if he can create funnels that work for chiropractors and dentists and whatnot, do you not think that you can do it for your own business? Okay. So that was sort of a long, <laughs> so much for jumping into the episode, but I think you guys are used to my brain by now. All right. So let's get into this. Going to keep saying this till my dying day that email marketing is the only thing I regret not doing sooner. That's it. Putting time and energy into it. I've always had an opt-in. I always had a follow-up sequence, but I, that was kind of it. And I would occasionally email. But as I say, there's no point crying over spilled milk. So here's my intention with this episode. By the end of it, not only will you be vested in making email marketing a priority in your business, but you'll also have a solid understanding of why, which I'm going to tell you is way more important than you think and exactly what you should do to get started. So there's, I've got a couple images in this post that I'm going to talk you through and some bullet points. So if you're listening, go to the site. It's episode 90. It's the last episode. Well, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this, but my most recent episode is always at the top on the listen page. Okay. So from the first moment I began in this amazingly crazy, wonderful, and frustrating world of internet marketing, I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. The message that the money is in the list has been a consistent, has, it, it's been as consistent as gravity. It's, it has been the number one message from day one that's never changed. Well, and copy and some of those basics, right? The problem with this message is that even though we get it, we don't really quote unquote, get it until we dig in, which is a little bit ambiguous, right? And I understand that. And gosh, I'm trying to think if I shared this with you guys. I don't know that I shared this with you on a recent podcast episode or not. Maybe I did. I apologize. I had sent out an email about um, list, list explosion, my course recently. It's, it's a course I've already had done. And so I sent it out. And there is an email where I talk about this whole thing of the money in the list. And somebody responded and she talked about yeah, I hear this, but ha- but but people are saying the money's in list. They're assuming you have a list. And so I said, let's hop on a call. And we did get on a call. And I looked at her site. And there is a way that you can check the boxes that are, you've done everything. You've got the site up. She's doing SEO. She's got an opt-in. And she's sharing her content. So beyond paid traffic, it's like, what's not working? And what I will tell you I would say nine times out of 10, what's not working is your hook and what you're doing to get people into your space. Because you can write the same sentence with a keyword for an SEO piece of content as an example. And here, here, let's use this episode. Email marketing is the holy grail of business. Here's why and how to get started. Okay, well, that's powerful, right? Email marketing is the holy grail of business. And you'll note you'll notice that I did not say of online business. Every business should have a database of subscribers and customers, period, end of story. I always think back to the pandemic, how many companies do you think wish they had had a database of subscribers? Moving on. No judgment, but it's a hard lesson to learn. So I titled it something else. Oh, I think it was email marketing should be the primary marketing channel. I forget, but it was kind of boring. And it's like, meh, calling it the holy grail of business is pretty powerful. And so you want to think about if people, if you're not getting the traffic, I can almost guarantee you it's always going to come down to your messaging, to your copy, to what you're saying and how you're saying it. Because you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. And honestly, the best way to do that is by being yourself. All right, let's come back to the episode here. Um, So there are three different phases in in the online marketing space. Obviously, these are Kim phases. So this is my own thoughts on all this, obviously. And this is coming back to getting it, but not really getting it, right? So the first phase is the newbie phase. People here are just getting started. They're full of enthusiasm and excitement for all of the possibilities in front of them. Been there, done that. Actually, and I'm still pretty excited, enthusiastic most of the time. They're committed to doing whatever it takes to make their dream a reality. I.e., they're also not jaded. They haven't failed enough to know that it's a lot harder than you think. The I, I don't understand why people um, who who come to the internet to start a business or they decide to take their business online think it's supposed to be easy. Maybe it's because 
Now, there's great copy out there that tells them it is. But just like any business, it takes time, energy, commitment, work, trial and error, all those things. All right. So again, the first phase is the newbie phase. The second phase is the, what I'm calling the knows enough phase. And this is probably the most dangerous. People here have had some success, some failures. They know enough to do the work, but they tend to keep looking for the one thing that will get them to the next level. In this phase, you keep working, but it feels a bit like spinning your wheels. You know, you learn enough, you understand, they're not the fundamentals, but you understand, I need a website, I need a lead magnet, I need to create content, I need subscribers, I need a product or service to sell, right? So you know enough, and maybe then you start specializing in something. You specialize in a platform or a tool, i.e., hi, the WordPress check, right? You start, you pick something and you, you go down that. This is how we learn. So know this, guys. I'm not, there's no judgment in that, but you have to be careful with this phase, again, because you can really get stuck here. And we're going to go a little bit deeper on each of these. The third is mastery. And this is where the magic happens. And the best way to get here is by doing the work, right? You're probably like, Kim, you were just preaching about not screaming, do the work. Different kind of work, guys. But you know that you need to do more than know enough to get where you want to be. There's nothing wrong with knowing enough, but in order to grow and scale, you have to go deeper, not simply learn more about a different strategy or tactic, if that makes sense. So as an example, if you have an offer and I'm just going to, I'm going to pick a platform. Okay. This is, this is off the top of my head. So Podia is an example. It's a course platform. I've got that. And so let's say you decide I'm going to go all in with Podia. And you teach a beginner's guide to getting up and running with Podia in 48 hours or something. Okay, I'm just grabbing stuff. So ignore the lack of great quality on the fly here. So let's say you're going to do that. You've got people who signed up for the Podia cheat sheet or something. Maybe that's your lead magnet. Okay, but so you have people on the list. But for whatever reason, you, you can't get people into the course. So the knows enough phase probably moves on to something else. Well, that course didn't work. But the mastery phase says, let me rewrite the copy. Let me try a different message. Let me get in front of a different audience. Where are people falling out of this cycle? They opted in. They stopped reading after this email. Where are people dropping off and, and or doing a live Q&A feedback? Where are your struggles with this? This is why I love non sequitur side note, actually not non sequitur. This is why I love doing stuff live. Initially, the goal then is to not have to do everything live. But I like doing things live because you get to hear the exact language that your subscribers and customers use when they get frustrated, right? And then you can take that and say, am I, do I have a transformation? Do I deliver that result? And if you do, but you can use your own language, right? So this is where mastery comes into play. So you would take that offer that you had, say, at the knows enough phase, and you would analyze it. What worked, what didn't work. Let's try it again. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Everything I've done along the way to get to where I am today has been invaluable. But who you become at the mastery level is an entirely different ballgame. I'm going to tell you, when you start doing deeper work with whatever it is you're doing, um, your confidence level is going to go through the roof. You know, I, I think about, um, there's somebody I knew down here that has websites and stuff for clients. And, uh, I referred this individual to a friend of mine who does SEO. And, you know, my friend's like, Oh my God, these sites are horrible. And, you know, she's able to, sell and talk the talk, but she can't walk the walk, you know, not doing the correct redirects and not making sure that we're screwing up things that have been indexed and have search traffic and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, she's a great salesperson, so she can sell that. And so that's at the nose enough, which can work, but you're constantly going to be jumping. I'm snapping my fingers here, but going from thing to thing to thing to thing. Okay. It's not until you get into mastery where things shift. So, 
and to make sure we're all on the same page with mastery here, this doesn't mean you've mastered it. The definition explanation I'm using is comprehensive knowledge or skill in a subject or accomplishment. I think of mastery as ongoing learning and a desire to consistently improve. The second phase where I was talking about being dangerous, you know, the nose enough phase, getting stuck there is going to keep you on that hamster wheel of doing work that you don't love because you've actually figured out a way to make money online. As an example, when I started my business, I never thought I was going to do websites or anything. I I fell in love with WordPress, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want to do websites. But that's what was bringing in the income and I got in my way. And there is that trick, right? That challenge of, okay, well, this is what's bringing in the money, but this is what I want to do. How do I make that transition? It's challenging. It's going to either take you time or money. So you invest and you put more time into getting out of that phase um, or you stay stuck there. You you just have to do the work, you guys. I wish there was a um, um, a better better way to tell you. I mean, if you've got deep pockets, then A, you're not in the I need cash flow phase. But if you have deep pockets or you've got the money to invest in traffic, go for it. Um, but you still have to understand this in order to grow and scale. So, um, you know, there's always going to be people who know less than you. And this is not to say that you can't serve them with integrity and truly help them because you can. However, there's always going to be people who know more than you. And if you want to keep growing and scaling, then you have to get better and better at what you do. You have to really, you know, for me, as an example, with email marketing, what I love about it, I so when I did List Explosion, and this was a test, I had done uh, an eight email sequence, sales sequence that I'd written a couple of years ago. I'm like, well, let's see. It worked then. Will it work now? It did. It didn't work as well. But I think some of that was probably my planning and energy around it. Moving on. Um, but even in looking at those emails, I'm like, I write better today from two years ago. I know I'm a better writer than I was then, eh, about a year and a half ago. And I probably could have done better. I, I, I could have done different subject lines, following the same format, following the same structure. But a year and a half later, I have a different viewpoint on some of those things. So, you know, in order for me to, to keep growing, it's like, all right, lesson learned. I, I'm not throwing out what I did, but it's, it's through the mastery that I've realized this, right? And so this is where, as I go deeper and deeper in this, I look at what works, what doesn't. And it's really taking the time to analyze where you have, I don't say the holes, but you know, it, it's taking the time to look at the stuff that doesn't work, that's broken, that this isn't how my brain works. And even if you can't hire or get help or whatever, but start documenting that process. And this is going to sound woo-woo, but really set that intention that I want someone else to do this for me. Seriously, you guys, I'm at a point now, I want to hand off the majority of the tech stuff. Can I do most of it? I can. It's not my sweet spot. I want to create. I want to teach. I want to write. I want to record. This is where I am happiest. But, right, I've got to create it initially. Um, anyway, so again, you absolutely can serve people and help them and sell products and, and services and courses at the knows enough level. But then if you want to keep going right to scale, you got to go deeper. You don't just offer a higher ticket thing without increasing your knowledge and really grasping that transformation. So if you feel like you're stuck in the knows enough phase, my challenge to you truly is to go deeper, find someone who knows more than you and show up like an excited five-year-old on the first day of kindergarten, unless you didn't want to go to kindergarten and, you know, flip that analogy, but show up with enthusiasm and excitement. I was reading an article that I'll, I'll link to in this, um, and you can also Google it, um, Andre Chaperone and Sean, I forget. I I totally botch his last name every time and I apologize, but just search for the article, uh, world building by, and it, I think their website is tiny little business. It's like tiny forward slash world building. But if you just Google world building, their article should come up and the whole thing, 
this is where you start going, oh, there's this whole other place in this depth. I read this article again the other day, and I've read it a couple times, but I realized this was kind of the missing piece for me is I'm getting ready to relaunch Email Insiders. I've totally redone everything from the ground up. And I thought, this is what I want. I create a world. So stop and think about, as the Harry Potter fan that I am, right? There is a whole Harry Potter world. Think about Avengers or so many sci-fi fantasy places, right? There's these worlds. But, you know, creating that experience for your subscribers. And it will just get your mind going in a different direction. Whether or not you want to create a world doesn't matter. But stay open to that stuff. All right, back to email marketing. Okay. So with so much changing online in terms of privacy and tracking, paid traffic is becoming more challenging. And particularly if you're just getting started with it and more expensive. It's always going to work. And when you can, I highly recommend investing it. But until then, you're going to need a reliable source of traffic, which truly is your email list. And now you might be thinking, yeah, but I need traffic to get onto the email list. We're going to get into that, I promise. But I want you to start thinking of email as a marketing channel you own where you get to create and control the conversation. So I'm going to share four statistics with you from HubSpot's annual ultimate list of email marketing statistics for 2022. And you can, I've linked to it, but again, you can search it. So there are 4 billion daily email users. 78% of marketers have seen an increase in email engagement over the last 12 months. Four out of five marketers said they'd rather give up social media than email. 81% of B2B marketers say their most used form of content marketing is newsletters. I've talked about the growth of newsletters. And you guys, I'm going to tell you, um, I think of newsletters much like I do podcasts in that it's never too late because people quit and people move on. And so having the fortitude to create it and stick with it and let it evolve and grow takes a whole different um, resolve than uh, trying something and then going, oh, it didn't work a year later, right? What's that? Sorry, I feel like something weird on my chair there. Um, so again, I've, li- I've linked to that because there's a whole lot more in the HubSpot, HubSpot stats. Um, but everything I do online, on social, and with my content is to drive people to get on my email list, period. End of story. That's all I want, right? And don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I don't want to create relationships because I do. And I am having fun on Twitter, creating relationships with new people. And um, well, that's a whole other thing. But I got somebody reached out to me because of one of our, I think it was a creativity published newsletter, which we're not writing right now. Um, But he invited me to a private WhatsApp group for newsletter creators to support and share with each other. And I said, yeah, this is, I've got F the hustle. He's like, oh my God, that's great. That's fine. Anyways, and I just got invited to that group today. You have no idea where one thing's going to lead to the next. All right, hold on. (sighs) A little beverage. Once people are on my list, I can focus on creating the relationship with them. Some people may jump in and want to work with me right away, whether that's with me, which I'm really, I think I'm winding down one-on-one coaching here, but they want to work with me right away. And other people may subscribe and spend years on my list before purchasing. You guys, I know there are people that have stuck around with me since my WordPress chick days and have never bought anything, but for whatever reason, there's a connection and I appreciate them and that's fine. You have no idea who they're going to refer to me or share something that I've said or it just whatever. But the beauty of the email list is that you get to control that conversation in terms of what goes out to these people and hopefully they respond, right? And I don't care if somebody signs up and doesn't purchase for five or six years. That's fine. I'm in this for the long haul. And none of this means you don't sell to people in the early stages because you do, but you simply need to do it in a way that even if they choose not to buy from you, they still want to stay on your list. Because remember, there's all kinds of reasons people choose not to buy. It doesn't mean your offer isn't right. It's simply not right at this moment. All right. So getting started, (coughs) excuse me, it's probably safe to say that the majority of the people on my email list or those of you who are listening to the podcast understand the basics of email marketing. And I would say probably in the knows enough phase, right? Like you get it. And you've probably got an opt-in on your site. 
you collect email addresses, you don't really pay much attention to it, right? And here's the thing. If your front end offer, your lead magnet isn't converting very well, then you need to look at what it is you're offering. So we always start there. And yes, I'm just going to do a bunch of pre-qualifications and disclaimers, okay? I get it that this is all a big um, coming back to the engine. You have to have traffic to get into the opt-it. Like, I, I, I do understand that. But let's start at what we can control first, okay? And so this is that front-end offer, your lead magnet. The challenge here is understanding the factors that go into whether or not it's converting, especially if you don't have something for sale at any point in this campaign. Meaning, what determines conversions, okay? And you want to think of your opt-in offer and follow-up sequence as a campaign. So where I was saying, if you don't have something for sale at this campaign, just think of what I'm referring to now, again, which is your opt-in offer and follow-up sequence as a campaign, okay? Things to look at when you start saying, gosh, I'm not getting subscribers, right? And again, let's just put the traffic piece aside right now. So first of all, how often are people signing up? And again, this is where you would then say, all right, I'm getting one subscriber a week. Then you have to say, what am I doing to drive traffic? Am I sharing my content? Am I creating content? Am I on social? Do I have any ads? Do I have whatever it is, right? But you have to look at how often are people signing up? Next is how often are people unsubscribing? This is usually related to how often you're emailing. And we're going to go a little bit deeper with some unsubscribing elements here in a second. But if I'll tell you, it's rare that I don't get someone unsubscribing every time I email. I think every single person who does email marketing and believes in it, they know it. I remember talking to my friend Mike Killam one time, and he was saying, you know, our goal is 12% leads. And, and uh, you know, growing their list by 12% every month, 12%, because he knows that every time they email, they're going to lose 2%. So it's actually a 10%, right? Break even, I should say, not break even, but a 10% on the positive. Um, so you want to keep that in mind. So how often are people unsubscribing? And if it's consistent, right, and your numbers are okay, and pay attention to your open rates also, which, again, we don't know how much of this data is spot on anymore with privacy and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you can see patterns. That's all I'm saying. And another piece to look at is how often do people reply to your emails? And these are just basics, guys. And I'm going to drive this home now, even though I address it at the very end of the episode, is you do not need to go ninja from day one and understand you don't need to become obsessed with data. You don't need to you know, know your click-through. You don't need to know all the stuff at the beginning. What you need to do is have a great lead magnet a follow-up sequence, and you need to have subscribers that you're sending email to consistently. Everything else comes later, but you need to start sending emails, okay? So um, recently, here's a little test I did. I was using Review, and it's R-E-V-U-E, if you're not familiar with it. It's a newsletter platform uh, that Twitter bought, and I was using that to get people to sign up for my F the Hustle newsletter via my Twitter profile. I bought this tool, which... It's a good reminder to myself that I need to call my credit card company and get a refund on it because um, it doesn't it doesn't really work very well. And I've tried talking to them a few times um, in reference to I've sent messages to them and I I don't know I think somebody built this and then abandoned it anyway. So on my Twitter profile there was this little subscribe to my newsletter. Great. It looked fine. And somebody else created an, a hack with this where it didn't actually take them to review. But what happened is people would click on it, they'd subscribe, and then it took them to my review profile page, which shows no newsletters because everything I do, I write it in ConvertKit and publish it to my site. So it looked stupid. People are like, oh, okay, there's nothing here. Anyways, it was it was goofy. So here's what was interesting. I didn't take it down. I was like, oh, run the test, whatever. But I've been doing this recently, probably just in the last few weeks, actually, where I'm looking at who's unsubscribing, excuse me, and 90% of the time they have, uh, they've come through that review, sign up. That's how they got on my list. And I'm like, there we go. So needless to say, I removed it, but it was a test. So it's all right. 
you know, that's how we learn. And said, let's just see who comes through my Twitter profile to my landing page, right? Um, so these subscribers didn't convert into long-term subscribers. Fine. Not a problem. Now, here's what I'm telling you to do to get started. Okay, like put the newsletter aside for right now. I want you to spend way more time on your lead magnet than you think you should. I remember, gosh, what is this? 2013, 14, I don't know, it doesn't matter. I connected with an old school internet marketer years ago, and she told me to change my lead magnet to something like the three biggest mistakes you're making with X. And I was the WordPress chick at the time. So it's probably just with WordPress. I don't remember specifically. I'd have to go dig it out. And she was coming from a place of having a better hook, right? And in this case, it was, case, it was using a, a pain point to entice people to sign up. I did, and it worked pretty well, but it lacked one thing. And also, off script again here, I was on a uh, Q&A call this morning for this program I'm in, and somebody was talking about, you know what, I would rather get people to convert by selling the dream than driving home the pain point. And now I know that there's tons of data about um, people will do more to avoid pain than to gain pleasure. I get it. I really do. Here's a little question for you. And I would love your thoughts on this. We have all of that data because that's what the narrative has been. Meaning so much marketing and so much out there. And you, again, I'm, not anti-man, but advertising and marketing has been very dominated by men for the, its initial, you know, <laughs> what, first hundred years or whatever. Like you go back to like all the old advertising greats and Ogilvy and all those things. And, you know, I know Mad Men was fictitious, but look at the roles women played. Moving on. The narrative has always been to drive home, home the pain point. And, and I'm not knocking that, but I think there's an option to hooking somebody with maybe with the pain point and selling the dream. I don't know. Moving on back to this, you know, three biggest mistakes you're making with WordPress. There's no depth, right? D meaning there's no real value. And, and again, I, you guys, I don't have it in front of me. I don't think I put out just a page. It was like mistake one, two, and three. It would be mistake one and then do this mistake two and then do this mistake three and then do this. Okay. So they can fix mistakes, but what's the transformation? What's the result from that, you know? And so you, you play with this. And I didn't necessarily connect these dots until I started writing. Honestly, guys, writing is the best skill that you can invest your time and energy into or hire someone to do for you, like permanently on your team that understands your mission and value and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as I started getting into copy and consistently writing, you start thinking, oh, all right, I get it. And there are a lot of lead magnets out there that are cheat sheets, tips, checklists, and they're all completely valid front end offers. Think top of funnel, right? But I want to ask you this, get clear on, on the, the sort of intangible piece of this and ask yourself, how does that leave my new subscriber feeling after they've consumed the material? Does it move them further down their journey towards their path to the next logical step, right? The goal of your lead magnet is to solve a problem for people, just like your products and services should be doing. You always want to come back to that transformation, the result that you're promising. Some people might tell you not to spend this much time on a lead magnet, but the higher quality your front end offer is, the, the higher the likelihood that that subscriber sticks around and becomes a customer. Fortunately, the days of regurgitating crap are coming to an end. I think uh, your customers are smarter and there's only so much time in the day. You know, the, the average consumer, I'll say um, that now I'm doing B2B, right? So if you're doing B2C, it's a whole different, they are different conversations. I truly believe. I mean, the transformation still matters, um, but coming from the place of um, the, the knowledge, right? Like, my audience, they're marketers, they're business owners, and maybe they're not marketers first, but they're on they're business owners who have an online business or part of their business is online, whatever. So they understand a lot of this. But um, I want you to stop and take a look at something like uh, Russell Brunson. You know, he, I was just listening to a podcast this morning, and 
they have a handful of front end offers. The ones that work really well for him are his books. So his free plus shipping for dot-com secrets, expert secrets, and traffic secrets, right? So they know if somebody buys a book, obviously they've got upsells and all that stuff. But stop and think about the value of that book. And I've read them all, you guys. They're very, very good books. But the value of a book versus your one-page cheat sheet. I mean, if you've got a golden nugget that will transform someone's life on one page, have at it. And I'm not saying it it can't, but just think about what is the transformation of this? Is this just a, you know, don't miss these things and I don't want to put more time and energy into this lead magnet? You know, you're the only one that can answer that. Okay. So I'm not saying that, but the whole point being is don't take for, don't take your subscribers for granted. Don't assume that they just want something from you. The goal of this is really to create and establish that connection and relationship from the beginning. So when you think about what to create for your lead magnet, you want to think about the customer journey. So the program I'm in talks about the client continuum, and this is not my language. This is theirs. So, um, and again, I know I'm being super secretive. I want to wait till I have results and then I'll do like a whole in-depth review of this program. Um, What this means, though, the client continuum, what it means is that you have one ideal client, but they're at different points on the client continuum, right? The customer journey, however you want to call it. And so I gave an example, excuse me, in the post, the podcast post, I I have been having a ball with my iPad and pencil. Hold on. Well, that's a whole other conversation, but so I'm using good notes and I was mapping out my continuum. I'm such a visual person. So in my client continuum, and it's pretty scribbly, but you'll if you go to the post, you can see it. So the down and dirty quick explanation of this. So my ideal client, let me, for those of you listening, I'm going to explain. It's literally just a horizontal line with four circles. Okay. And the goal is there's level one and then my ideal client and the, the doodle shows the champagne client. And again, that's not my term. It's theirs. But so, but there's four levels, right, on this client continuum. And so the four different stages from my client continuum, and this is all for email insiders. So the first stage, they're probably collecting emails. They've got a sign up and maybe a lead magnet and a welcome sequence, or even just a thank you, right? The second stage, maybe this person is sending uh, the occasional email. Some work, some don't. Nothing to write home about. The third stage they start creating some momentum, right? And they're focused on list growth and they're sending consistent emails, usually a newsletter or at least a weekly email. Now, the fourth stage is where my ideal client is or my ideal client aspires to be, right? So that person at stage one aspires to be here. They're 100% committed to getting email marketing to work. They know the value. They know it's going to create freedom. And it's their primary traffic source, and they're consistently earning a minimum of 1000 to 1500 a month via email. And that's excluding any sort of launch or promotion. Okay, that's just... And, and that's, you guys, that's nothing. That little bit. I mean, the, you know, what is the um, statistic? Is you should be able to earn a dollar for every subscriber. So obviously, as your list grows and your skills grow, that can grow. Okay, but exclude any sort of big launch or promotion. But knowing this, it makes it a thousand times easier to look at what I should create at the front end to help people build the foundation and take them on the journey, right? So my sort of magic is, all right, how do I get that person who just has an opt-in on their site and maybe a, you know, thank you or whatever, how do I get them to the level 10, which is the champagne client that, you know, they they are a hundred percent committed to email marketing, it's working, and they're generating consistent recurring revenue. Okay. And knowing this, again, it is so much easier to think about what am I going to create? So with this clarity, I want to tell you something too. Like this is where the um, mastery comes into play for me is that the, the champagne client training that I went through in the program I'm in, I probably watched it three times, you guys. And I came back and then the last time I watched it, because you think you know, right? You've got this idea, but it's, but I said, no, I went through again, iPad and pencil. By the way, if you're one of those people that likes those, there's a tool called Paperlike. And I got this, it's like a film 
Oh, it is a film. It's not like a film. It's a film that goes on top of your iPad that makes it feel more like writing on paper. And then I just discovered that they've got this, um, what did they call it? A sketch pad. You literally put your iPad into, it's kind of like a little desk almost, like a little lap desk. So it's easier to draw and write and stuff. So yeah, I'll be getting those mainly because you guys, my access to all of my crafty stuff down here um, is limited and most of it's still in storage in California. Anyway. All right. In doing all of this, this is where I came up with easy email marketing. This is my brand new lead magnet. And if you're on my list, I sent out a link to it and I'll tell you about my snafu with that in a minute. That's turned out to be fruitful. Um, but easy email marketing is an email course that directly teaches email marketing in a unique way. I use a framework from Brennan Dunn called lesson bridge pitch survey, and it is working brilliantly. This is not something I whipped up in Canva in one afternoon. It is, I'll, I'll fill you in on the whole thing, but it took me a while to do it. And then there's multiple steps to this, but I know that the people who go through this and then whether or not they buy, but if they complete this email sequence, this is gold. And I've gotten so many responses because of my snafu. Anyways, so I did put down, there's a little graphic, uh, and it's your basic lead magnet funnel, just on my site, right? So it, it's opt-in, thank you, follow-up sequence. That's a basic lead magnet funnel. In my case, compared to the visual I have on the site, there are 15 emails total in the follow-up sequence. But I want you to remember that the follow-up sequence is the lead magnet, right? It's an email course. Your follow-up sequence doesn't have to be this long. And I know you might be thinking that this is a lot of work and you're right, it is. But would you rather create something really valuable once and focus on refining it? Or would you rather create a bunch of crappy lead magnets that don't bring in your ideal customers? And honestly, this whole content upgrade and this and that, I'm not saying not to do that, but don't bother with a bunch of content upgrades or multiple lead magnets until you have one that's working, <laughs> until you have one that is converting. This is the work that leads to mastery, right? After the lead magnet is done, the next step is that you need to start emailing your list consistently. Novel idea, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm snarky today. I told you I woke up a little bit ornery. And I get it. I get it that it can be a little bit daunting if you're not comfortable doing this or you don't feel like you have the writing chops to get this to work. Do it anyway. I I told you guys so many times. I've shared this on the podcast. So if you've heard this, I apologize. But the first post I wrote on the WordPress chick was heinous. It was this, it was this robotic paragraph and just bleh. But I practiced and I stuck with it. You guys, I can go back to posts and old podcast episodes and look at how much more time and energy and effort I put into my writing now. Part of that is because I do enjoy it. I thoroughly love getting lost and writing out these solo shows. I like writing emails. Copy is still not um, my favorite, but I do not have the aversion to it I used to. And I there's something magical about being able to change a sentence and increase sales. You cannot deny that that's pretty awesome. Right. So you have to, you just have to start guys like do it anyway, pick one type of email that you can send weekly and send it without fail. I have not missed one newsletter in what I published last week, 73, the 73rd. And I, and I, and I know my podcast has fallen off, but probably the first couple hundred episodes, it didn't either. Um, but my personal favorite for a weekly email is a newsletter, but you don't have to start there. You can simply do a weekly update with one call to action. Once you're emailing consistently and you've created a, a trusting relationship with your subscribers, you can send emails without a call to action. Maybe it's just a heartfelt message or something of encouragement or something funny. It doesn't matter. But the goal is to get people in the habit of clicking links in your email. It doesn't have to be something for sale. If you can, great, but do what feels right for you. And I think if you're going to, if you're going to go to the effort to do this, take a look at your, for lack of a better term, product suite. So as I'm sitting here, I'm, I've told you guys, I'm about ready to, I'm just gone 
deep down the hole with email insiders. I've revamped the whole thing. I ran two cohorts of that live. This is a much bigger, more robust, longer program. And you'll see that everything I'm doing, easy email marketing, I've got four courses, three, you have to get on the wait list for, but um, they're all about email and newsletters. That's it. That's it. So everything fits into this product suite for me. So I want you to think of that. And you don't have to know it all right now. You don't have to have it existing, meaning you don't have to have anything on your site about it. Okay. But start thinking, where, what is my product suite? What is my offer? What is the transformation I want people to feel? For me, I want to see people start emailing so they can start generating consistent recurring revenue through email. This is F the hustle, you guys. You can't beat sending an email and having people buy something that you've created, that you've created from a place of intention and integrity and really wanting to solve a problem for people. Okay. Anyways. So again, you don't have to have something for sale <coughs> in the email, but the goal is to get people in the habit of clicking a link. You know, what I love about newsletters is that you can treat it more like a publication. That's what I recommend. You get to curate content and it's simply a value add. And of course you can sell on those, but really it's a great connection with people. You can also, uh, you also get a great idea. Oh, sorry, guys. I was looking at what I wrote. I don't read these show notes, but I'm like, you can also get great data. It, this is what happens, but you do, you get great data based on what people click on and how they respond. Uh, confession, I do get a little bummed when I get zero responses to a newsletter. It's like, ah, but when I'm really excited and I, I, I just, I, I have a tendency to know which ones will get responses. And as an example, when I started um, F the Hustle, the newsletter, I was doing, I recommended a couple, I recommended two books, two articles, and two tools. Nobody was clicking on the books. I'm all... <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. But I was like, I'm not going to keep doing this. So instead, I just added two more tools. Tools get clicked through all the time. That's great. Um, and if you're not on F the Hustle, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F the Hustle. But the goal really is to write and send email consistently. Don't overthink this. Are people going to unsubscribe? Absolutely. But what's the point of having them on a list and paying for it if you're not emailing them? Right? So let go of that. You know, You'll create a better relationship with your subscribers as you start doing this, and it will get easier and easier as you do it. You know, stop to think about, for any of you who have been doing this for two years even, probably a year, how much more you know today than you did when you got started. There are so many people that are still like, so what do you do? You know, they kind of understood it when I did websites. They definitely understood it when I had a physical planner, but still to this day, people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, look, if you can't click through to my website, I'm not going to worry about explaining it. You're not going to be a customer. And I'm talking about people in my quote unquote real life, right? I just know I have an online business. Anyway, um, the other piece of this is that you need to be promoting your lead magnet over and over and over and over and over again. In other words, the best lead magnet won't convert without traffic. And it's, it's definitely harder guys to, for traffic, but I think what we're going to see happening, okay, this is Kim's crystal ball moment. I think what we're going to see happening is new channels opening up because as paid traffic's gotten harder and traffic and tracking, and you can't do as tart, the same type of targeting and stuff, things are going to pop up. So I am working on a post about uh, newsletter, advertising and monetization. I, I, it's, it's gold. It really, really is too, because a, the costs are much lower right now and B it's still in its infancy. So if you can get in front of people, like-minded people, first of all, anyone who's going to sign up to your list because they saw you in someone else's newsletter, they're already an email reader. Okay. So let's just start with that right there. And again, it's what you give to them on the back end and how you follow up that'll, you know, that might work or not work, but at least, you know, but you can advertise in newsletters, you can sponsor newsletters for a fraction of the cost. I, I spent a hundred bucks for Josh Spector's for the interested. I got 46 subscribers. So it's a little over two bucks, but I'm telling you, I had some of those subscribers reply to me and tell me they found me through, through Josh. And I'm like, this is brilliant. And then I'm testing another newsletter this week. I'll let you know how that goes. 
And then Josh raised the prices on his main announcement. So I bought an ad and it was like a week long sale where he was promoting saying, look, the price is going to go up. He probably sent that on a Sunday. I bought my ad like Friday, Thursday or Friday. I don't remember. (laughs) The availability was for July because it sold out, you guys. So you start looking at that. Okay. Where was I going with that whole thing? Traffic. Had to pull myself back. But so yes, you need traffic, but there are other ways to test. And if you don't know, do the work, you guys start asking other people what is working, what's not working, you know, create Google alerts, go to YouTube. I mean, you have to, you just have to do the work and figure it out. And it doesn't mean you have to go buy a huge traffic course. You you guys test stuff, test, test, test. And maybe let's say you have a site that you love that's complimentary. Um, and you would like them to email for you. Ask them, how much would it cost for you to do a solo email? They're called email drops. Or can I sponsor an email? Would you promote? Like, you just have to start asking. And I sent out, so if you guys are listening to this, just hit me up, email me, kim at kimdoyle.com. I sent an email last week, Jason and I with Deliver It. This is our build in public um, experiment to build an email list from scratch. And so I had this idea. And I, I'm sorry, you guys, this is all off script. This is going to be longer than I expected. But where I said, you know, what's missing is good old fashioned joint venture networking opportunities. Meaning how do we connect people with similar complementary audiences that are willing to promote one to the other, right? Finding somebody that has your target market, you're not competitors, but you have something of value saying, will you email for me and I'll email for you? Or can I buy an ad in your stuff? So Jason and I are at the initial stages of this, but we're testing some sort of swap for audience growth. Um, We have no idea what this looks like. It might just be a group of people that we get on a call. We make them fill out a form. It populates a Google form and we do some connection. We don't know. We're testing this. But back in the day, um, this was what they were called. They were called JV swaps. The challenge again was they were a lot of the skadooshi real marketers who were just putting out crappy eBooks to just build huge lists and sell them other people's stuff. So that's not where, what I'm talking about, right? This would require a really strong vetting process. And if people are not reciprocating, they get booted. So I, I don't know what this looks like, but you know, I, I do, you have to have traffic. So share your lead magnet on social, ask your subscribers to share referral programs, make sure it's the link in your bio on your social profiles, and then add a link to any platforms you publish on as well, like medium, right? Put an put a link that says, you know, get F the hustle in your inbox, you know, whatever it is, but go all in, give the thing that you created a chance to really shine and grow. Don't decide it's not working because you made it and nothing happens. You have to get people you have to get it in front of people, you know? So in other words, the best lead magnet will not convert without traffic. And I get that. Put the time and energy into promoting it just like you did with creating it. So to wrap this up, I do want to point out one thing that I didn't mention, which was very intentional. You'll notice that I didn't get into any of the more advanced strategies and things that some people will tell you, you have to start with tagging, segmenting, personalization, conditional logic, just to name a few. All of those things are super valuable and work, but you do not need them to get started. Two people that I subscribe to that don't bother with any of this. One, I think I told you Ramit Sethi of I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which is really a finance book, but he's got um, tons of online courses. I bought his Breakthrough Launch. Brilliant. I've learned a lot about email copy from him. Um, But I got they email daily, Ramit emails every day. And I remember getting an email about, I think it was your dream job. I'm like, well, I don't want a job. I've got a business, right? So I responded and I said, is there any way to not get these emails? And they said, no, sorry, there isn't. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, So I just watch how we write stuff. And, you know, so like, I, that's how I approach stuff that I, and I just think, okay, well, I'm going to pay attention to what he does. So Russell Brunson, same thing. He said, you know, when it comes to emailing, and he said this on a recent podcast episode, God, I'm going to have to get the link and include it. But it was maybe a month ago, but saying email is still their number one channel. 
for growing. So everything they do is to get a subscriber. But he said, somebody asked, he said, you know, I already bought Expert Secrets. Why are you promoting this? And he's like, did you implement it all? Did you read it? Have you gone through it? Like the whole thing is if people at that level, what, I don't know, ClickFunnels is $100 million. And forget whether or not you like Russell. He knows what he's doing with marketing. Ramit, you know, some people might find him a little too direct and in your face. I think he's awesome. But pay attention to what they're doing. You know, don't, don't um, die on your sword. Is that, is that the right phrase here? Don't die on your sword about something that you've decided isn't for you when you've never even tried it. So all I'm saying is, you know, if you're not, if you're using not understanding how to do tagging and segmenting and personalization and if this, then that type of, that's conditional logic. If somebody's seen this, like if you're using that as a reason not to do email marketing, then I'm telling you right now that you don't need them. You need a valuable lead magnet on the front end that solves a problem for your ideal customer. You need a good follow-up sequence that connects with them, ideally with something to sell at the end of it. And then lastly, you need to consistently email. Those three things. You simply need to know who you're talking to, your ideal client, again, a quality lead magnet, and a good follow-up sequence. Get that working, and then you can step into the next phase of creating your email engine. Okay, I know I've gone way over, but I do want to tell you the quick little story. Or maybe I didn't go over too bad. All right. Um, about my email snafu. Okay, you guys. Oh, this is Kim's brain. And this is why I'm so ready to hand off the tech. And I'm pretty sure I've got someone for that here in the next month or two. But um, no. So here's what I did. So email, easy email marketing, new lead magnet, this is my email course, right? So how this works. And again, I told you this is based on Brennan Dunn's lesson bridge pitch survey, which I have kind of renamed teach connect sell. It's just a little bit of a mouth, less of a mouthful. Brennan's brilliant. He is an engineer. I'm like, okay, I need to dummy this down for myself. So the initial nine emails, problem, problem can be solved. I'm the one to solve the problem, three of each. And then there are two emails. This is the bridge, i.e. the connect piece, right? And congratulations, you finished the course. The next email then is uh, prepping them, so to speak, that I've got an offer for them coming up and then the sell. So there's an offer. The offer at the, um, at the end of that is 50% off my ultimate email template pack, which includes the full opt-in sequence, a webinar sequence, and a sales sequence. And I made videos for all of them. So I walk people through um how they kind of stack. So I talk you through the explanation, understanding of it anyway. So 50% off. All right. So what I did is I took all of this and it was, I don't know, 70, 80 pages or something. I put it all into a Canva PDF. Um, the easy email marketing, put the whole thing because I did a bigger font FYI. Um, so I put the whole thing in, I explained what it was, how I did it, et cetera. I put it into a PDF and I wanted to give it to my current subscribers so that they did not need to go through the drip sequence. Well, not really. <laughs> it didn't work out that way. What I did, because I was creating the, I created the visual automation in ConvertKit so that the trigger, which means how do I start the sequence of emails? I set it as a tag, not thinking it. I should have initially set it as a form and then maybe tag them later on anyway, because the whole thing is I also wanted to make sure that my existing subscribers who did want this were tagged with easy email marketing. So everybody that got my email, just sharing this with them got tagged for easy email marketing. And then they also got the entire drip sequence one day after the next. Okay. So it is what it is. And there's no way to stop that when it's going. So um, this is also why you have SOPs and checklists and why I want to create stuff and then go here, you go plug it in. Anyway, the crazy thing guys is I had two subscribers by that within the first, I don't know, within a week of each other, which means I know these people are getting to the end of that sequence, right? based on when they clicked it and when they opted in for it. So you guys, this, this shit works. Like it, it, it simply does putting the time and energy into doing this right on the front end is going to be invaluable. And 
the, 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 what is it? Like no trust factor, right? That happens when you provide value and you really give something that serves your audience and provides a result or a transformation. So you guys, this is why email marketing is the holy grail of business. And think about this. You get that engine working, which I have working. Now what happens is I just keep driving subscribers and they go through that sequence. All of a sudden, there's no reason that that opt-in offer can't be making multiple sales a week. And it's a hundred bucks. It's a $197 offer and it's 50% off. So stop and think about what that actually looks like and what that would mean for your business. That alone, that's 10 to 15 subscribers a month going through that to do that $1,000 to $1,500 recurring without any other offers or anything. So you can see the power of it, you guys. This is a, a traffic channel you own. These are people you can actually develop true engaging relationships with. And when you have a database, this it's an asset. This is an asset. All right. And rant. And I am roasting now. Oh, God, you guys. My place is all windows. I actually bought a rolling shade to block some big windows because the curtains I have there are sheer and do nothing. But yeah, it starts by, by three o'clock in the afternoon. It's about two 40. It's just starts getting way too hot in here. So on that note, I'm signing off. You guys are awesome. As always, I love you tons. I appreciate you listening and let me know. I really, really would love to hear any questions. Just email me Kim at Kim about email. Where are you stuck and why are you stuck until next time? Have a fantastic day and we'll catch you on the next episode. 